Hey y'all, it's Brian Rosefield. Just reminding you, if you're enjoying this content, we would love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe. Tell a friend about the Greatest Games Podcast. We would really appreciate it. Hello and welcome to the Greatest Games Podcast brought to you by 816 Basketball. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Rosefield, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris de Blasio. Thank you, Brian. Pleasure to be here as always on the Greatest Games Podcast. The chance for us to catch up with basketball coaches from around the country and have them tell us about their greatest game. It can be their time as a high school coach, an AAU coach, a college coach, a recruiting service guy, just whatever game they consider to be their greatest game. You know, Chris, we have stepped out of the mold of the greatest games a couple of times and we're doing it again today. You, what a great tease. I mean, you, Chris, Chris de Blasio, you're an absolute pro. I mean, I just, I can't tell you enough, an absolute pro, but we have recruiting service, event coordinator, all around basketball, just knows everything he knows about the game. It's unbelievable. Jamie Shaw from Absolute Basketball. Welcome to the Greatest Games Podcast. Guys, I appreciate y'all having me on very much. I was excited, uh, Brian, when you hit me the other night to come on. Um, obviously, you know, we go way back and have a deep tie in Gamecock country and everything like that. So, uh, you know, I appreciate you having me. Gamecock country. We can just talk some Gamecock basketball. That's fine. I mean, that's always a good time. But uh, <laughs> we can do that. We can. We, we're absolute to do that. basketball is the name of the company. Why absolute basketball? Well, uh, to be honest with you, it starts with AB. So whenever you type it into the thing, you know, it's the first thing that comes up. Uh, I was but pretty sure it, he was going to say that. It's marketing. That's smart, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> but on a deeper level, absolute, absolute, you know, it's all, it's pure. It's all encompassing, all that type of stuff too. So that's kind of how we try to run, run things over here. We keep it pure. We keep it on the up and up and, uh, you know, encompasses all things of basketball, be it on the, the media side of things, the coverage side of things, do it on the, uh, the podcast and, uh, scouting service and all that type of stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, it's a great, that's a great, it's a great name. And like you said, there's, it's got multiple reasons. So why don't you kind of take us through your resume in the game of basketball and, and how you got to where you are today with your company? Sure. So I, I guess the deep dive, the quick deep dive into it, I played in high school, uh, three years on varsity, two years as a starter at North Myrtle beach high school. And, uh, I was in North Myrtle beach, South Carolina, went to school at the university of South Carolina, uh, coached a little, uh, coached a little JV basketball when I was doing my practicum uh, over at Brooklyn Casey High School, and I did the girls' practice team, I guess, which was a big thing back when I played there. Had you know a couple hundred guys try out and everything, and they picked uh, five or six of us and uh, involved in all the the, the the scouting stuff there, obviously playing and uh, all that. So fast forward ten years after I graduated high school, I go to um, I, I go in the corporate world. I go to do uh, low voltage sales, which includes audiovisual systems and uh, fiber cabling and all that fun stuff. And um, I am at the state championship game in uh, 2013 uh, at the Dean Dome. Brandon Ingram's playing in it, uh, North Carolina state championship game. And uh, Brandon Ingram's playing. And I see Dave Tellup walk in. And obviously everybody knows who Dave Tellup is and all that type of stuff. And he just had a, an aura about him. He just had a presence about him. <clears throat> the second he walked in, everybody knew who he was, the players, the coaches, the college coaches. Uh, everybody shook his hand, said hey to him and he, he, all that. And I looked at my brother who I was there with, and I was like, you know, I want to I do that. Now, during this whole 10 years, I'd, I'd stayed in the game because my brother – I'm 10 years older than my brother. So when I was, you know, 28, he was 18. So um, – and he played uh, basketball, the AAU stuff, and I followed him around and everything too. So I kind of stayed, 
stayed into it, but um, I looked at that day. I saw Dave tell up and, uh, you know, went home and uh, said, I want, that's what I want to do. I want to do that. So, uh, you know, a week later, I quit my job and uh, came out and started doing it. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was at the time. I just said, I want to do that and uh, found a way to figure it out. So I'm always super fascinated in a lot of the why behind yeah. uh, what our coaches do. And in this case, what, what you do. So for you to leave your job, not knowing exactly what you were going to do, how it was going to look, where did that come from for you to say, I don't know, but it's going to work. Well, it, it, it was fortunate enough. I've always had a belief in myself um, and, and being able to do things. Um, not really know necessarily how it's going to happen, but just that it, it'll, it'll work out a positive way. Um, I, I guess at that time, I mean, the company I was with, it was called Strategic Connections. I had grown it um, in the sales team. When I got there, it was about $2 million a year to about $32 million a year. Uh, in, the, in, the, in the eight years I was there, it got picked up by another company called Graybar, which is a national company. Um, you know, they're like multi-millions a year and stuff too. So I, ha I had a nest egg saved up. I didn't know that at the time, but uh, I had a little bit saved up to be able to be like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go for about a year and, and give myself a year to get it done. Um, and then uh, I just grinded. I mean, it, it was coming in and, and just asking questions, um, being just annoying as all get out and, and, and working, going to every event you possibly can, talking to every kid that's there. Because um, you'll find that the more information you have, the more valuable you are. Um, and you get information by talking, get information by asking, get information by, by being annoying and, and pesky and all that type of stuff, too. So, uh, yeah, in, in 2013, I did that. Um, it was, I guess, Marchish, June. I met a guy named Rick Lewis uh, with Phenom Hoops and uh, we came together. And, uh, you know, at that time, uh, Rick had done, uh, I think it was two or three camps at that. Um, so I bought my scouting service and, and Rick and I joined forces. We formed Phenom Hoop Report LL, or Phenom Hoops LLC. Um, you know, like I said, at that time <clears throat> in 2013, he had th we had three camps total. And then, uh, you know, bringing in, I, I don't, however much under a hundred thousand dollars it was 20,000, whatever it was a year. Um, and then when I left in March, um, we had 45 events throughout the calendar year, 22,000 people walking through our doors, um, you know, almost a million dollars uh, a year and all that type of stuff too. So, um, you know, just, just saw incredible growth um, during that time um, in, in building something that I'm very proud of. Well, I will tell you for our listeners that aren't familiar, we've got listeners from all over the world now, Jamie, <laughs> at Twitter, on Twitter, at Jamie Shaw 5. Follow him. The content's unbelievable. The events that y'all have run have been unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And I learned about you. It's probably been about nine or 10 years ago. We brought our Ridgeview guys up to an event you were doing in North Carolina. And John mm -hmm. Combs, our head coach at the time, told me, he's like, our kids are going to love this. I'm like, I don't, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> and you had media team. You had, had people tweeting, taking photos. And mm -hmm. our kids left there with so much exposure about what they were doing. And I was actually talking to a former player of mine today. And it's interesting. This, this topic comes up now. And he said, Rosie, so what's the difference now at Ridgeview where kids are getting more scholarship offers than 15 years ago when I first started coaching? And we talked about exposure and you've been a big part of that mm -hmm. because of that event and the, the job that you do. It's, it's, it's really incredible. It really is. Well, three consecutive state championships will do that, too. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That was uh, the one great decision Brian's made in his life, uh, hiring Coach Stoneman. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Yerick's a great guy. 
There's been a lot of decisions panned in the Rosefield Pantheon, but that one is lauded. <laughs> we'll talk about well, those on what, the Patreon. If you, add, if you add hiring Yarek Stoneman along with, you know, graduating from the Harvard of the South at University of South Carolina, he's a pretty brilliant man. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Good, it's a great point. Um, you talked a little bit earlier about Dave Tellup and, and, and our guys up here in the Northeast where I'm from, aren't going to know Dave Tellup that well, again, sort of made his bones in the Southeast really, you know, the famous thing is, is he made his reputation on saying that Michael Jordan was the best player in the country coming out of high school and people weren't totally sold on Jordan. And that's, you know, he obviously was right. Um, (laughs) did you consult him? When you decided you want to do this, or were there other people you consulted besides this guy that you started the Phenom uh, Hoops thing with? So, uh, funny story. I, I know Rosefield knows this guy. No, I, I didn't talk to Telep at all. Um, the, the guy, the guy who actually the first one I talked to was was Bill Gunner. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I know, I know Bill. I know yeah. Bill. Yeah, yeah. So at, at the Lexington time, I guess he was, yeah, good guy, good guy. No, I guess at the time he was still working with the Big Spur. Um, okay. So I, yeah. I, DM, I DM'd him on that and was like, "Hey, man, so I want to do this. What do I do?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm coming up to North Carolina next week. Meet me." Um, it was actually at Dave Tellup's final event that he ever ran. Um, at meet me there, and we'll just go from there. So I met him there, and um, uh, you know, showed you know we worked together for a few weeks and stuff, and then after that, he kind of transitioned out into doing what he's doing now. Um, it was around that time frame, and then. Um, uh, latched on with a company called Verbal Commits, uh, who's now huge. Um, but you know, at the very start of that, was uh, doing a whole bunch of uh, scouting and 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 keeping up uh, with that as well. Um, so it, it was just very very fortunate. Um, you know, I'm a big believer in you make your own luck. But you know, there there are some very lucky turns that went in there that kind of just worked out well. Yeah, I was going to say it's definitely a self made business. Uh, again, just Southeast guys, you talk about Bill Gunter. He started working a little bit with the, with football, with Phil Kornblut down mm-hmm. in South Carolina, who, again, just kind of built his own thing. And Dave Tellup, same thing, just kind of built his own thing. Um, so what was the what was the hardest part when you first started? Um, well, figuring out revenue streams. Uh, is, is the hardest thing in this game, um, you know, because when you're building up, there's not a lot of money. Uh, in it unless and you know unless you're holding the events and we quickly found that out which is why we grew um you know to holding the uh, uh the amount of events that, that we did um but yeah uh, figuring out the revenue streams and you know actually making money to be able to support my uh, my wife and child were uh you know that's still to this day is a is a is probably the most trying part of it so I think I know the answer to this question just because I know your product and I know what you do but I'd love for you to tell our listeners what is it that you do? What are you aiming to do? Why do you do what you do? Well, my bread and butter, what I love doing where I'm at is, is, is the scouting aspect of things. What it is is kind of the liaison in between the high school student and the college coach. The college coach is not able to be at every event, all that type of stuff, whereas I'm able to go to various games throughout the year. Um, you know, they subscribe to my service, and then I'm able to talk to them about kids um, talk to them about who's playing well, what they're doing, what the, the positives are, the negatives are. And then my report that I send out, you know, I send out a weekly report to all the colleges who subscribe about the people who I saw, I guess, the previous week, previous event, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, so it's kind of the liaison uh, that connects the, co- the, the the high school player to the college coach. Yeah, oh, true. Oh, go, okay, ahead. go ahead, Chris, go ahead. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have you do a little bit of bragging here. 
like I talked about Dave Tellup, you know, and making his reputation really, really, really big with Michael Jordan. Who's a guy that, that you saw recently or in the last couple of years that you knew could play and, and maybe you were selling him to people saying like, this guy can, you know, this guy can play. Like this guy needs to get better looks than he's getting or more looks than he's getting. Is there anyone you could think of that you not, not I'm not saying obviously the, the, the player made himself the player, but maybe you gave a little bit of exposure to that wasn't getting some. Well, sure. I mean, there, there's actually been, been quite a few of them, um, you know, here in the, in the last, uh, you know, I guess a little while, very for, fortunate to be in a very fertile area um, in the North and South Carolina range. And now all of a sudden South Carolina is just exploding with talent and all that type of stuff. Um, you know, but you have the guys like the Trey Hannibals of the world, the John Morants of the world, um, you know, talking about and Jay Huff, who's at University of Virginia right now, uh, Jalen McCreary um, at the University of South Carolina now as well. Um, you know, it's, it's just been a, a just 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 a whole litany of players um, that have come through. And I've been very fortunate enough to be able to host the events that they come to as their eighth graders um, and all that type of stuff. And it's not anything, anything crazy. It's just the fact that I'm I'm watching this kid play. And I see that this kid is good. And then I say this kid's good. So it's not like any magical potion of, uh, of anything like that. It's just, you know, when you have 22,000 kids that come through your doors and, you know, you're hosting 45 events and stuff. And, and you know, you, you see that that they're good and everything. You know, John ja Morant, um, you know, quick story about him. He came to our event um, in between his junior and senior year. And at the time, he hadn't had any offers. It was actually Murray State saw Ja at our event. Uh, you know, as the story goes, it was uh, – you know, the guy was uh, going to get a, a, a James Kane, who's now at Iowa State, was going to get Doritos and a, and a Coke. Saw saw him playing in the back gym, you know, three on three or something, and stopped by and offered him and everything. Well, at that at that event, John Morant averaged like forty six points per game. Um, you know, so it's kind of like you're sitting there watching. And it's like this guy's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, and amazingly enough, he had you know we had, we probably had one hundred and twenty coaches that were in the gym watching at the same time. And it's just kind of one of those sayings as to I don't know what they're missing, but th this kid can hoop 46 a game. I mean, he played six games, um, you know, so a lot of it comes with luck. But, yeah, you know, the guys like Ja, the guys like Trey Hannibal, um, the guys like P.J. Hall, who played JV his freshman year um, at Dorman, um, you know, the, the, those type of guys, um, you know, yeah, the, on them early. Even, even the Zions of the world, when he was a six-foot-three point guard, uh, you know, his freshman year or whatever the case, he just had a different cadence to his game that was uh, mm. all that. And then all of a sudden in between his, you know, his junior year or whatever, he starts, you know, biting the backboard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to give myself credit. I, I'm not right about a lot of things, but when I started working with, with Brian and coach Combs at Ridgeview high school, we had a player, we had a point guard named Jarvis Davis mm -hmm. who wound up playing a Gardner Webb. And I said to, to Combs and Brian, I said, this kid's a division one player. He was like a junior. He was going into his junior year. He really wasn't getting, now he was, he was little, he was skinny and he didn't have a great shot, but I said, this guy, I mean, he's as quick as anybody. Like this yeah. kid can play division one basketball. I mean, obviously, like I said, Jarvis sold himself with his play, but it was just a kid that I saw. And I was, you know, I was like, I mean, I don't know much, but I know, that he can compete on a division one court. And mm -hmm. just speaking of that coach, I just was clicking around your videos this afternoon after you emailed me back. And uh, I don't know who else is in the competition for most underrated 2021 player, but this Toby Harris kid. Yes. That you, he's a hell of a ball player. No, he, he really is. You know, <laughs> six, seven, he shot 43% from three last year on 85 makes. Um, you know, he, he could, he could obviously put it, 
put his, you know, armpits in the rim and all that kind of stuff too. It's kind of one of those ones where it's like, I mean, his team made it to the state final four last year in, in the largest classification too. So, you know, it's not like he's playing, you know, off the, off the grid or something. It's just one of those ones where it's like, you know, what, what are y'all, what are y'all looking at? <laughs> yeah. Coaches, if you're listening, Toby Harris, get in touch with him. I don't know where in North Carolina, you can, I mean, this kid can play Brian. Yeah. Well, and it's another thing too. I mean, even this summer, Jay-Z and Gortman, I'm sure a guy that Brian's very familiar with too. Oh, yeah. Coming into the summer, he, he had nothing, no, nobody, no, no nothing on him. Um, you know, I, I watch him go with uh, Christian Savage used to be at Ridgeview. Now he's at, I think South Florence high school mm-hmm. um, held pickup just just community pickup for everybody to come to after the the COVID stuff uh, opened up and um, watching him play. It's like, my gosh, this guy's good. You know, I've been seeing him since he was in eighth grade and everything, but he's just on a different level of good. Then all of a sudden I start texting these coaches and telling them, Hey guys, um, this kid's a high major player, all this type of stuff. At this time he had nothing. This guy's a high major player, probably a top 50 player, all this type of stuff, all this type of stuff. Then uh, he ends up in the latest rivals rankings. He's number 40 in the country now. Uh, not at all saying I did anything with that, but it's just one of those things where you see a, see a guy, mm-hmm. uh, and and you like, yeah, this guy, he's got translatable tools. He is what he is. He can shoot the cover off the ball. He's long as I'll get out. He handles, gets to a spot, knows the game, defends his ass off, does all this type of stuff. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> this guy can play. Um, and then you know, push it, push it, push it. And now you know he's you know got all kinds of offers and number forty in the country and all that stuff. Well, I won't take you back to that John Morant comment. You told me about John Morant years ago, and Chris, he's, he's dead on the money. He's like, oh, this kid can play. And I'm like, John Morant? Like, who are you talking? Like, I, I Googled a little bit, you know, and we never got him in for the bash, and now I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Like, what What am I – what was I thinking? Not even – you know, it, it was just – it was just fascinating to hear you say that. Um, I'm interested in those texts that you're sending to coaches. So, mm-hmm. from a player perspective, now we, we've got a lot of them at Ridgeview. We've got a lot a lot of players all over the country think they're a Division One player. What are you saying? You just you just said a couple of things right there. But what are you hearing from college coaches that these kids need to have, like baseline, got to have every time you start pumping a player to a college coach? Um, well, it varies between the system. The two things that you hear the most of is is he tough and can he shoot? Um, <laughs> outside, you know, outside of that, there's there's always outliers. There's always all that type of stuff. But a lot of college coaches is the kid tough. And can the kids shoot the ball? Um, it, there's a lot of coaches that if they don't do if they don't do one of those, they'll mark them off the list. We don't need that. That's not what we're looking for. Um, now, some coaches will ask, you know, can he defend his position? Some coaches will ask, you know, how big is he? You know, how athletic is he? All that type of stuff. But um, a lot of them, most of them, ask, is he tough and can he shoot? I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I was I was super interested in that. And um, I would ask, is he tough and is he tough? Yeah, <laughs> that's me too. Tough, tough, and tough as that. We could te- we, we could put you on a gun and teach you a little bit of shooting and all that type of stuff. But uh, yeah. when you run through a brick wall and win all the 50-50 balls and do all that, that's what I want on my team. Well, it's interesting too, Chris. You bring up Jarvis Davis and watching him finish at the rim. Like you're right, he was a co- college player finishing at the rim, and I'm reminded of the old Ernie Nestor saying, "There's the, the, the biggest difference between high school players and college players is the ability to make layups." And he told me that when I was a GA at South Carolina. I'm like, "What are you talking about?" But then watching Jarvis Davis and watching kids as they're growing up that just can't finish, and then watching a kid that can finish, it's an enormous difference. It's unbelievable. But no question. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no question. Just, no, you, you get to college and, uh, you know, they're all athletic. They're all geared in on you. They all know they've seen the scouting report. They know what you're about to do and all that type of stuff. Are you able to get in there, absorb the contact and still find a way to, 
to make it happen when everybody's as athletic and quick as you are. Mm-hmm. I think right. Coach Nestor said it about all three levels, Brian, that like in high school kids, one footers are made at 75% clip in college. They're made at a 90% clip. And in the pros, they're made at a 98% clip. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I can believe that. I can believe that old early Nestor, man, one of the all time <laughs> greats, but all right, Jamie, you know, the name of the podcast is the greatest games. And I know we're stepping out of the traditional mold, like we mentioned earlier, but we'd love to hear about some of the greatest games. Some of the, we've already talked a lot about great players, but any, just the, the highlight moments you've seen in your career around basketball. I got, I got two games that pop in my mind immediately. Um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll save, I'll save one that you're probably familiar with for the second one. The first one uh, was Harry Giles junior year. Uh, at, at High Point Wesleyan, they played against Greensboro Day. Uh, Greensboro Day had John Newman, Will Dillard, who's at Georgia Southern, John Newman at Clemson, J.P. Mormon at Temple, um, uh, Jordan Perkins is at NC Central. Wesleyan at that time had, gosh, who all was on that team? Harry Giles, Quay Parker, you know, just a, a lot of talent on the floor. It went, it went into five overtimes, oh, uh, the game did, and it was the, <laughs> I, I believe it was a playoff game, if I'm not mistaken. It was either, play, it was either conference playoffs or, or the state playoffs. Went to five overtimes. Um, it was just an unbelievable game because uh, Russell was trying to run. Greensboro Day was trying to slow it down. Um, you know, so it was just, it was just a clash of, of, of differing uh, things. It was packed out because the schools are 20 miles from each other or whatever. So the gym was, was hot. Uh, you know, I, I could only stand on the baseline because that was the only seat that was available, um, you know, driving from Raleigh to get there and stuff. And, and just the atmosphere was unbelievable. Uh, for that game, talent level was great and all that stuff. And then, and then second week was uh, when Seventh Woods played at the Bojangles Bash. Uh-huh. Um, it, it was Hammond versus AC Floor. <laughs> right in the wheelhouse, Jamie Shaw. Go ahead. Yeah, say, say more. Say more. That, that, that's still to this day the atmosphere um, of that game when DJIM put in the uh, Miley Cyrus uh, party <laughs> in the USA and everybody in the gym like stood up and was dancing to it and, 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 there was a, you know, the gym was hot. It was packed. Uh, obviously, you, you have AC floor at Hammond. That there was some some beef between those two that they hadn't played in a while or something like that going on on the floor. And talent was Seventh Woods and all that stuff there, um, and everything. But that atmosphere was so surreal uh, once that song came on and everybody in the place was screaming and dancing and, and just having a, a, a great time. I don't even remember the score of the game. I, you know, I barely even remember who was on the teams and all that stuff. But I remember my feeling. When I was sitting in that gym, that song came on specifically, and everybody around was just uh, – it, 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 was, it was incredible. Do you remember that, Brian? Oh, Jamie, that's why I'm, I've got <laughs> – literally I've got chills thinking about that that game, and I'm so glad you brought that up. And I've I've mentioned the Bojangles bash on this podcast several times. No. But I've never really – oh, I'll just stop it. But I've never, like, really, like, just gushed about it. But uh-huh. that game – yeah. absolutely incredible it was the the saturday night game i just pulled up the stat sheet from, from okay so now bojanglesbash.com here you go fans yeah. if you want to follow <laughs> on 12 12 of 2015 okay mm-hmm. um chavez goodwin's on that hammond team seventh woods on that hammond team seventh goes for 32 no he played he played he had tw- uh, 24 chevy goes for 33 in mm-hmm. that game but you're right that place 1,500 fans. DJ I am is the absolute best in the business. That, that crowd was going nuts. Unbelievable. Yeah, I believe Alan Stein was there too. I believe. Yeah, I mean, that, that's right. That, that was that that feeling that I had in that in that game was, was has not been matched in any game that I've been to before or since uh, on the basketball level. I just love the fact that Miley Cyrus really brought. It was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. I I didn't know that people 
rock, you know, over 10 years old, like rock that song, but everybody in the stands was singing the song word for word. I'm just sitting there on the baseline, looking up, just taking it all in. Just like, it was unbelievable. Brian, this is what, episode 57, 58, somewhere in there? Uh, yeah, this is episode 58. Yes, 58. 58. We've talked about a lot of crap on this podcast. This is the first mention of Miley Cyrus. I can <laughs> guarantee right. you that. That's right. That Miley well, Cyrus. The, the, the thing that, that, that really, and you mentioned it, Jamie, too, that those two schools had not played in a long time. So for those that are not familiar with Columbia geography, downtown Columbia, AC Flora, it pulls from largely downtown Columbia. A lot of those students, and that's a public school, and a lot of those students that are zoned for Flora that choose to go to private schools go to Hammond. So they all know each other and they never play. And so when we are organizing this event and we're looking at the schedule, we're like, Whoa, wait a minute. AC floor is really good. Hammond's really good. I got seventh woods. We need to put those two together. And it was not a very popular choice around some of the folks in downtown Columbia. We're like, I don't know that. I don't know if we should do that, but we're like, if we do it, it's going, the place is going to go absolutely nuts. And it did. And like you said, Miley Cyrus brought it all home. <laughs> well, if I'm not mistaken, I think that AC floor team had like James Reese who's at North Texas. I think Christian Brown was a, maybe a freshman or sophomore yep, on that team. That's then. right. Who's Laura in had, uh, Deshaun Thomas at LSU. Mm-hmm. Deshaun yep. Thomas, their leading scorer in that game was Hampton Kendall. Uh, was, um, uh, Kendall Hampton. Yeah, I think they got Kendall Hampton. Oh, yep, yep. they have it. Yep. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, 25 in that game. Yep. Yeah. James Reese, Christian Brown. Yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll, James Reese. Yeah. We'll, we'll uh, post this in the show notes too, but yeah. <laughs> Brian, I mean, let's let's just give credit to the to the event organizer and scheduler. I mean, that's really what it was. That's really who should get we'll, we'll who should get all out. the credit yeah. for this. But no, <laughs> And then after all that fun stuff, after Miley Cyrus and stuff, you get to go into the concession stand and get some Bojangles. That's Absolutely. Right. I mean, that's, that's right. what it's all. Listen, that's what it's all about. At the back. I'm saying that some sweet tea and some some, some chicken nuggets, man. I'm telling <laughs> but, you. But seriously, Brian, you said matching those two teams up, it was kind of you know maybe unpopular. But going into the game, Hammond was five and zero, and Flora was six and zero. So it was two teams, and obviously Seventh Woods, you know, him going to Hammond changed Hammond basketball for a lot of years there because they had never had a, a player like him at uh, at uh, Skyhawk Gymnasium there. Yeah. Um, the thing they had Chavez Goodwin on that team too, who went to yeah, who's at Southern Cal now. Yeah. yeah but I mean, what a game. Just looking through the box score again, 15-12 at the end of the first quarter, Hammond. Then both teams score 16 in the second, both teams score 20 in the third, and then Hammond outscores Flora by another three in the fourth quarter. So I mean, this game was never it obviously must have been nip and tuck the entire way. I don't even remember anything about the game, to be honest with you, but I remember the feeling that the atmosphere gave me uh, through that. It's probably something I won't forget. Yeah. Well, see, that's what I want to take you back to. Like just, you you mentioned your first game with Harry Giles, who's just an enormous talent, obviously, and that gym being packed, the Bojangles bash being completely packed and other events that that you guys do being completely packed. Mm -hmm. So just talk more about that just as a, as a guy doing what you do and what that really means is because I'll tell you, I've got a little bit of an angle with this question because we've been in a pandemic. We're finally playing sports again here in South Carolina. It gives kids something positive to do, gives them a great experience. And so now looking at a game like this and a game that you described with Harry Giles, it just makes me look at like, wow, we really are providing kids a service and now you provide kids a service to get them to college. So I don't really know what the question is, but just tell me more about what you get out of being around high school hoops like this. 
Yeah, no, it's awesome because, you know, for every, every you know, Hammond AC floor game that we have, you know, there are duds out there too with, with four people in the stands and, you know, all that type of stuff as well. I mean, you get both spectrums of it, but, but it's incredible to see the total, um, you know, the total culmination of, of things, you know, like, like PJ Dozer, for example, you know, he came, he came to our camp in seventh grade, all that type of stuff. Then seeing him go career and everything, uh, going all the way through his career at University of South Carolina, make it to a Final Four. Um, you know, and now watching him play in the bubble here with Denver, uh, you know, in the NBA and stuff. It, you know, just seeing seeing it all the way through of, of seeing like, man, I remember when Dennis Smith, I remember when Seventh Woods, I remember when Quay Parker, I remember when these guys, Harry Giles, I remember when they were in seventh grade coming to our stuff. I remember, you know, John Morant in, in the seventh eighth grade, and, and seeing them get drafted. You know, Kobe Kobe White, seeing them get drafted on draft night and all that type of stuff. Um, in the NBA and, or even just go to college. I mean, hell, even if it's going to Wingate university or going to, to Furman um, or, or, you know, wherever it is, um, you know, seeing dreams reach and lives change and everything too, you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, no, that's you, you have an impact that people don't, I don't think it's seen as much as maybe the coaches and stuff, but, but clearly, I mean, th these businesses wouldn't exist if you didn't have an impact in some way, shape or form. Um, yeah. Coach, we like to ask a final question to coaches. We, we like to ask them, what do they say over and over again? But since you talk to coaches, what do you hear coaches saying over and over again when you talk to them about players or about, you know, what they're looking for? Or like, what's, is there a quote that they say or, or anything that you hear over and over again from these coaches? Yeah. Well, I think it kind of ties into to, to what uh, talking about a little bit earlier. I mean, uh, I, I think something that's in the game today, um, the, the two things that are in the game today that coaches ask for, that coaches want, all that type of stuff, is one, toughness, and two, shooting. Um, that, that's continually brought up. That's continually talked about and stuff. Um, the, the toughness, it brings extra, extra possessions. It brings, you know, extra, uh, all that type of stuff to games. It can win you a game, lose your game, get the 50-50 ball and all that type of stuff. Um, that one extra shot, whatever the case. And then shooting, the game, the way it's going – right now is is you have to be able to shoot the ball i mean i think there were fifty thousand threes that were taken in the nba this season and something like that whereas in 1980 i believe there was only like seven thousand. you know so it's trending toward being able to shoot even if you're a seven foot tall guy if you're not able to shoot the ball you know they could sag off of you and do all that type of stuff and you know the floor spacing and, and everything with that um you know all the ball handling is nice all the dunking is nice and all that type of stuff but shooting is it, it, shooting one then skill set two IQ and all that type of stuff is, is really what takes you to the, you know, to the, to the ultimate level. Jamie Shaw, ladies and gentlemen. So we mentioned his Twitter, Jamie Shaw at Jamie Shaw five on Twitter. Got the absolute basketball experience on YouTube. You have a podcast, the absolute basketball experience with Jamie Shaw. Tell us more. What do fans need to know to get in touch with you? Follow along with you. Yeah. So uh, the, the, the YouTube page is where a lot of content's going. Um, that's film breakdowns of players, uh, that's highlight videos and mixtapes and th that type of stuff. Um, it's also interviews, uh, that I have with college coaches and everything, you know, Jeff Capel, Mike Rhodes, Jamie and Christian, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And also I have some, uh, I, I did a, a coaching clinic series, uh, during uh, COVID. So I had 15, uh, assistant coaches came on, uh, you know, I, you know, Kellen Sansa from Houston, Chuck Martin from South Carolina, uh, JD Byers from VCU, Anthony Goins from, uh, Clemson. Uh, the list goes on. Um, uh, Fifteen coaches, Division One coaches, came on and gave presentations on like ball screens or 
defensive shell drills or building relationships or all that type of stuff too. So that's on the, that's on the YouTube page as well. Um, the podcast, I'm taking a little hiatus from that right now for the last uh, couple of weeks, but probably about 70 episodes are on there too. Um, I banged out uh, 50 episodes in the first 72 days that I had, um, you know, all, all with mostly with college coaches and all that type of stuff, um, you know, going on there. Um, and then my Twitter and my um, Instagram at Jamie under, at Jamie underscore Shaw five J A M I E underscore Shaw five on Instagram and Jamie Shaw five on Twitter and all that type of stuff. If you want to get get in touch with me, uh, um, hmm, well, I'm probably not gonna give my I'm not I'm not gonna give my personal information. Now. If you want to get in touch with me, you can get in touch with me if you if you know the right way. That's right. That's right. Well, like I said, folks, he he knows the game. He's a great guy. You can tell uh, just how genuine you are, Jamie. I just can't thank you enough for for coming on the show and for all the help that you've you've been for for the Bojangles Bash, for me, for our kids, and for kids at large. It's uh, uh, what you do is it's a huge service. So thank you for for everything that you do, Brian. I appreciate that, Chris. It was great to meet you. Hopefully, we can continue to keep a dialogue, Brian. I appreciate your friendship and everything too. It's, It's been awesome to even just catch up with you and do all that type of stuff too. So thank you very much for everything you do as well. Well, Let's go ahead and put a button on this episode for my co-host, Chris de Blasio. I am Brian Rosefield, and thank you for listening to this episode of The Greatest Games.